the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. To have faith in God is not a stagnant state. It's a journey. As a believer, we should grow in our knowledge of God and His Word. Walk with Alan Cutting and many other believers as together we walk the believer's journey. Aloha and welcome to the believer's journey. I'm really thankful that you're joining us, uh, this program. I want to thank everybody who supports our ministry, who are sponsors. Um, if you want to become a sponsor, if you want to, uh, donate or, uh, support our ministry financially, you can go to our website. You can contact us. We have a donate area. Um, I want to thank everybody who prays for our ministry, who watches our videos. And, and also who shares them. I noticed a lot of people are sharing the videos. So thank you so much for supporting this ministry in every, every way. Today we have a really interesting uh, topic and we have a really interesting uh, couple here. Uh, the couple are Jenny Small, and she is the founder and the president. And we also have Je- Jessica Meyer. She's a co-founder and vice president of Overcomers, Daughters of the King of Kings. So welcome. Thank you. you. It's so good to have you here. (laughs) And um, so we're going to we're going to talk about um, breast cancer. We're going to talk about, uh, I guess, all everything, all all the facets that go into it and uh, and your program and how it works and so forth. And our topic today, our Bible topic today is is on fear. And how to overcome fear. So at the you know half hour, we'll we'll go into that. And I think uh, you'll really like this. So stay tuned. So tell tell us and tell our audience about overcomers, the king of um, the daughters of the king of kings. <laughs> well, really, um, as with anything, I feel you know God births ministries out of testimonies. And, and this was birthed out of, you know, our personal journeys with breast cancer. I was diagnosed in 2014 while I was pregnant. And um, at the time, there was no resources or things for younger women to get help with all the um, many facets that you face with breast cancer. And um, through uh, my personal journey and, and storm, because, you know, when you get diagnosed, you think it's ABC, it's a clear cut path. But we know many times God will divert that path and you may go down a more difficult journey to kind of get to where he needs you to be. And in my case, it was that it it was um, went for the mastectomy, but then I got a horrible infection and that infection was so bad. It took over a year to clear seven additional surgeries to clear it out of my body. And um, I was on a wound vac and pick lines and mind you, all the while home with eight little kids under the age of 12 because I am a homeschool educator. So I had to take care of them, take care of my family and face breast cancer and all that it was bringing my way. So as God would have it, it's one of our favorite parts of the testimony. My neighbor was instrumental in uh, encouraging me 
And she would always come over and ask how I was doing. And I kept a prayer journal during this time. And I would be praying for people that people had sent in names and said, you know, please pray for, please pray for. As God would have it, I was praying for a gal named Jessica that she knew that was going through breast cancer. I never met Jessica. I had no idea who Jessica was. But as I was going through my journey praying, I was praying for her as well. It wouldn't be till a year later that we would get introduced. And at that meeting, we both realized, wow, she didn't have any help either. What do we need to do about this? And God just birthed this entire thing uh, and made it an official nonprofit in 2016. And we've been rolling ever since. Wow. Yeah. So um, let me ask you this personal question, because mm-hmm. when you mentioned you had an infection and, you, and you're pregnant, mm-hmm. I mean, how does that affect you emotionally and, and where do you go from there? I think the hardest part was um, <clears throat> they wanted to start chemotherapy while Aiden was still in the, in the womb to start treating the cancer. And I, we prayed about it. I didn't have peace about that at all. And so... Um, we waited and we induced him early so that I didn't have to do chemotherapy and be pregnant at the same time. And it was after the chemotherapy um, and he was out of the NICU that the infection came on. Okay. And that time was really difficult because I literally lived at Methodist hospital that year. It, it just like, I would get, go in, get it taken out, get another antibiotic, another antibiotic. It would come back. It would come back. And, they all knew me on the fifth floor. Like, oh, Jenny's here again. <laughs> so it was it was hard because they were little. I mean, I had little, little kids at home, and they missed their mama. Wow. Yeah. I think I was on the fifth floor of Methodist <laughs> during the summer. I had a double pneumonia and sepsis. Oh. And uh, I didn't know I had it, but I ended up there, mm. and it was pretty dramatic. I, I didn't think it was, but my wife was beside herself. Mm. So... Anyway, let's get back to work. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so tell me about your organization. What is What do you do? Jess, there's so much. Wow, we have a <laughs> lot of programs that we offer. Yeah. Um, we really like to minister to women from the very early onset of their diagnosis all the way through survivorship. Mm-hmm. So we have a nine-week workshop for survivors, and that was the foundation of our organization at that time. Um, we also have a workshop called Thrive to Beautiful You. And that's where we hit these ladies early on when they're newly diagnosed. We help them navigate through what's about to happen to them as they journey through with all the changes of losing the hair, the eyebrows, the eyelashes, and and, and emotionally too, because, you know, these women, um, they don't know what's about to hit them. Um, We also offer um, a Dove Fund, which is a financial assistance for those needing assistance with um, co-pays, which is one that we Mm -hmm. just launched this year. And so that program... Um, is really going to help a lot of women really just get the treatment that they need. We also do retreats. We have a lot of things that we do. We have retreats, we have workshops, we have funding. Um, and our special program that we do is called Pink Under the Tree, where we give back during the holidays. And um, we help these breast cancer families have a joyous and memorable Christmas. Mm-hmm. So so you have workshops, and, uh, and I'm not sure what, before I go on, yeah. what does... What do the workshops do? How do they benefit? And, and what what is it? Well, first of all, the workshops, um, I think we're one of the only organizations here in San Antonio that are faith-based. So mm-hmm. we do, you know, try to help these ladies navigate through, you know, Bible verses, through just the word of the Lord, you know, and help them 
um, feel that strength and that comfort that they need. Um, the workshops, you know, they cover every topic you can imagine as a survivor from newly diagnosed, um, just coming out of diagnosis, you know, the Thrive to Build for You helps them navigate through, you know, physical, um, where the, the survivor's workshop helps them navigate through the emotional and um, all of the things that we know, different topics that we discuss every week from everything from, um, you know, PTSD to having anxiety to how do I deal with this and all the ways up through um, sexuality, because that's a big part of it. So you're helping uh, mm-hmm. the, the physical, the spiritual, yes. the emotional, and also financial. financial. Yes, absolutely. That's pretty good. That's a good, well-rounded, yes. you know, uh, situation. Now, I also understand that you have a, a annual event uh, called mm-hmm. the Pink Gala. Is that right? Yeah, we love that event. Okay. Yeah, so really, um, everything that we've, we've that we've done with overcomers, um, a it's been prayed over, and b it's it's always in His timing. And we knew early on. I mean, we have memories of us out doing barbecue plates. I mean, we were like <laughs> groundbreaking at the bottom, just trying to raise money. Um, and we knew that we had to have an event annually that could help fund a majority of these programs. And and also, because we have such a special relationship, and you'll find this with most survivors, they have a very um, intimate relationship with their uh, doctors, you know, whether it's their oncologist, their surgeon, um, their radiologist, somebody in the medical community has helped them in this journey that really touched their heart. Mm-hmm. And so we said, you know what? Let's have this event really come and bless that person and help us raise money at the same time. So what we've done is the survivor nominates a medical professional that has made an impact in their life. And that night we honor them and we do it on the runway. So they'll wear, if they're a gentleman, they'll wear a unique a tie that's designed just for them, that we've got a partnership with that does that. And if it's a, a lady that walks, then she'll have a handbag. And they're um, auctioning that off on the runway and we're, it's just so it's much fun. fun. They have the best time. And you've got a lot of people that are very shy that aren't used to being in the spotlight. But that night, it's our way to say thank you. And we show the video <clears throat> of the survivor and their words mm-hmm. to them that they maybe didn't have a chance to say. It's very emotional because they get to see the impact that they've had in these people's lives. And it's our way to say thank you. And it's just really, really special. It's like a wedding, literally. It is a beautiful event, and we put our heart and soul into it. Um, this last year, um, <clears throat> so to give you some examples, we've had um, a financial counselor that's in the medical professional that this uh, particular gentleman, had he not intervened on this patient's behalf, mm-hmm. she would not be here today because he advocated for her and found resources for her to have her treatment. If he wouldn't have been there, we wouldn't have her. So it's people like that. We also have a um, licensed counselor. That if he had not been there and walked this person through the very hard things that she was facing with PTSD, anxiety, fear, all those things, and gave her the word, she would not be here as well. And he actually himself has a um, service dog, a service dog mm-hmm. that he himself, because he was a military veteran, and on the stage on the runway, it was him mm-hmm. and his dog. And it was just, everyone loved it. It was just very special. That's cool. Yeah. Well, it, it sounds like you're really doing a, a very good work. Um, the, the interesting thing is, now I've only been 
um, close to a couple people who had breast cancer. Mm -hmm. And the interest, interesting thing about that is, so I started reading, and, and I'm reading that it's really a dangerous, breast cancer is a dangerous uh, cancer. It is. And it's uh, not good. <laughs> yeah. So my stepmother had breast cancer, and um, there was a decision. They had to go through a whole thing about, do I take the chemo or do I have a mastectomy? Mm -hmm. And it was a long process. You know, I'm thinking, you got cancer, take care of it today. You know, it's, it's like, I'm thinking, what are you waiting for? Yeah. What, why are you going through the, the weeks of deciding? And then on the other hand is my dad. And my dad is like bothered to the extreme. You know, he's like, you know, I, I don't know what you should do, but maybe you shouldn't do this. Or maybe, and he was back and forth. And I think he was more of a wreck than my stepmother. My stepmother was, you know, Jesus is going to take care of it. It's okay. My dad's like, I don't know. <laughs> you know, he was just really on edge. So with that all said, what about the men? How do you deal with them, the, the husbands or the fathers? You know, <clears throat> What's really hard um, about breast cancer, you know, a obviously it attacks a woman's femininity, right? It 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 removes the breasts, and um, a lot of times our friends also have to have a hysterectomy in addition to that if their cancer is hormone positive. So not only are they losing that, then they lose their hair. Then I mean, it's like it just strips a woman of who they are, and. For a lot of men, that's also difficult because they've never seen their uh, wife in this situation. And because of this and because of the stories that we had come up, um, my husband and another uh, gentleman um, do classes for the husbands and the caregivers because it is such a huge need. They need a place that they can come and actually speak the truth not put on the I can fix it hat that a lot of men do and have a place that they can really unmask and say, I was scared out of my living mind. I didn't know, like I was trusting God, but was he going to take care of it? like they get to say that versus it's okay, honey, it's okay. You know, or in like in your situation, um, if the wife was like super strong and like, it's a good, I got, I got it. And he wasn't, then he gets to hear from somebody else. And then it affirms him that that's okay, that you mm -hmm. felt those feelings that you walk this. This is how you get through this process because it's, it is not easy for them at all. So mm -hmm. you have classes for the husbands for mm -hmm. the, the men as well. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Once a quarter. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's, that's really big. I come from, you know, like my father like like it's like myself i'm a fix-it guy yes something's wrong oh, well, well, yes. well probably a majority of them mm -hmm. you know but i know that i'm one of them i know my father was one of them you know i, I have a brother is one of them that i know and we're just we're fix-it guys and you know i've had to try to learn through the years to step back as a pastor i've had to learn to step back and realize i'm not the healer that Jesus is the healer. Mm -hmm. And so to, that attitude and, and that consistency within me was hard to become dependent on him to be the healer instead mm -hmm. of me trying to, where are the tools that I can fix this with? Mm -hmm. You know, and, and it, cause it, when you're, when you can't fix it, I think that's where my dad was. You feel helpless. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. And they do. Mm -hmm. Yeah. They do. We actually, um, 
we do have a, a physician that also comes in and, and speaks with the, the gentleman. He himself is married to a survivor and he's an OBGYN and it helps him to have the medical hat that he can put on, but also the husband, the father hat as well when he's speaking to these gentlemen, because it really helps them go, okay, can relate. Uh, someone, someone can walk me through this. And, and also so that the, the men don't feel this rejection from the women, because it's like if, if, if they're in pain and they're not feeling well, they're not rejecting them physically because they don't want to. It's just they physically can't. And it helps take that rejection off of them. Like my, my wife still loves me. She still desires for me, but she's just not a place that she can meet me in that need right now. Yeah. And it helps them to hear that. So in your counseling, you have counseling with women and with the men. And, and I'm going to assume you have counseling couples together. So that is <laughs> on our, we have our vision board. Okay. So the next big thing for overcomers is couples because it's always been women and men mm-hmm. and classes. But on our vision board, we have couples retreats, couples things, because it's a huge it's a huge need. And so we are just in that waiting process again, like all the other classes, all the other things that, that God has brought in our path. And that's one of our next big ones. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I would think that that's a, mm-hmm. a huge, mm-hmm. huge situation. Mm-hmm. So, okay. So tell me your vision. Tell our audience your vision. What is your vision for your organization? So many. So, um, the one thing I think people need to know first is um, that our entire leadership team is comprised of survivors. So no one that is teaching these classes has not walked a diagnosis of breast cancer because you have to be able to relate to them in some capacity. So that's number one. Number two, our entire board of directors, including us, are volunteers. So we have established it so that as we're raising this fun- these monies, that it goes into the hands of the people that need it the most, right? Like you look at pink under the tree, pink under the tree would not be what it is had I not walked that myself because I had no way at that time to do Christmas, to do anything for my kids. I was so sick and so tired. And if it wasn't for the love of my friends giving me a Christmas, I wouldn't have experienced what that felt like because it was never a, a situation before, but I was too sick. So pink under the tree is now there. So that other families don't have to experience that loneliness and sadness when they're just wanting to heal and recover and don't have time to cook, shop, anything. They can just heal. And so if you're looking outward, we had our uh, vision and our, our enlarging of the territory. And the, the biggest thing right now is we really are praying for our own building. We need a building to house these things because right now we are dependent upon all the gracious people that have allowed us space. Cornerstone Church is my, my church. Um, allows us to to have our classes there. They help us um, get to our retreat, which is always out, like in Port A or at Tarpley. And so we're really believing for a building large enough to hold classes, to have health classes, because health is a big piece too. Like we, when we do our retreats, Jessica makes sure that we are feeding them physically healthy food, right? We're doing mind, body, spirit. It's all of it. And so it's a building. And then our heart is to expand. We want to be not just in San Antonio. We want to be out there because we know as everyone is messaging us, man, we wish we had this where we were, man, we would love to do that. And so really it's just believing for the leadership out there. They're out there that want to come alongside us and say, 
we'll, we'll do that. We believe in the, the mission. We believe in the vision. We want to do this where we are too. Okay. Yeah. And so to get a hold of you, of um, overcomers, mm-hmm. uh, if you want, you actually on our screen, as it pops up, you'll see their website. But if you go to our website at thebelieversjourney.net, uh, on the guest page, you will see uh, their logo. Just click on their logo. You will right to their website. Uh, they do have, we have an Instagram yes. spot mm-hmm. there. You can yeah. go to their Instagram and we have an email and we also have a phone number. So there's no way you can miss. <laughs> you can find us. You'll find exactly. us. We're out there. <laughs> <laughs> so... Um, yeah, I think this is really a worthwhile ministry, really a worthwhile ministry. You know, it's interesting, um, as I've been looking at our topic, we're going to talk about, I went, I came across a couple things and I have a friend who always puts stuff on Facebook and 90% of the time, if you're watching, (laughs) I don't look at it or I just, just, you know, it's no big deal. But I came across this one, and then there's another one, and it says this, and I really like it. I think it fits. It says, Lord, please correct me when I'm wrong. Guide me when I'm lost. Strengthen me when I'm weak, and give me a push when I need to, when I start to give up. Jesus, I need you every moment of the day. Amen. And I think that... Um, I've gone through some things, and obviously not breast cancer, or it's not obvious, but I guess men get breast cancer too. Mm-hmm. Um, but I've been through, through some things where I have, it's affected me spiritually, it's affected mm-hmm. me emotionally, and uh, and you know, very well physically, I've had some physical things. So this this prayer really hits me, hit me because I know at the time in my despair, or the time when I'm, I um, couldn't or didn't go and reach the places I need to. This this really hits this. And I like the very end of it. Jesus, I need you every day. I need you every moment of the day. You know, and um, I think lately I've been talking more to people about um, my biggest thing is I want, I want God to be, um, or Jesus to, uh, be proud of me, mm-hmm. and, and and I don't know. I've never heard anybody say that, so I'm saying it. Mm-hmm. And I think, how does he? How is he proud of me by, you know, facing him and and doing the things that I need to do, even when I don't feel like doing it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we get that so oh, yeah. much. And and when you're in a position, uh, especially when things don't, you don't feel good. Oh, yeah. You know. You don't, it's like, okay, God, some other day, you know, you're not, you're not there, but really, you know, it's where we, where we need to be there. And so it's interesting because, uh, the same person put this other thing up called the serenity, serenity prayer. Mm-hmm. However, I never knew this, but there's a long version. Okay. Okay. So, and this this hits home with you guys, your situation, your mind, all the situations. I think that are ministries that have to help people who are going through something like this. Mm-hmm. Uh, God grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, mm-hmm. and we can't. When that happens to us, we can't change it. We're we're not there. I mean, I've never known a healer to say. Heal me, you know. I mean, <laughs> it just doesn't happen, you know. And 
Um, even Paul didn't lay hands on himself and heal. He, he prayed to Jesus, you know, and got his answer back. So I think that, you know, we need to understand that. We need to understand that there's things we can't change and we need to be We need to accept those things. Mm-hmm. Uh, courage to change the things that I can. What can we change? Our attitude, you know, our, our, our outlook, our thinking, yeah. exactly. Yeah. Our perspective, our stand with, with Jesus. I mean, I think all that we have in our capability when we're hurting, uh, that we can be where we need to be. The second person that I was, I said, there's two people that I, off the top of my head, I can think of that had has breast cancer. Um, was the second person I teach a class called the Believer's Journey, believe it or not. <laughs> um, and uh, there's a, a lady in, in my class, and uh, several several weeks ago, she announced she had breast cancer. Mm-hmm. And um, so. Uh, she went through the whole weeks and finally she announced when she's having her surgery and th- that night or the night after one of the two, my wife and I went to the hospital to visit her mm-hmm. and she was in such good spirits. She, she says, you know, I think they said they got it all. Jesus is good. And her attitude, I think, was the big thing that, that impressed me the most, you know, and I think that's a, that's a huge issue. I mean, tell me or tell our audience, what do you think about the positive and negative attitudes and how that affects or works with people who have breast cancer. Wow. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. I think most importantly, it's just, you know, having the faith um, over the fear of just, you know, not knowing what's going to happen to you. And a lot of times, you know, we can get consumed with, you know, what am, what's going to happen to me? What, yeah. what am I going to do? You know, and, and all of that is just scary, to, especially when you're newly diagnosed. Yeah. It's extremely scary. And yeah. so I think you have to really focus on just believing that, um, you know, what the Lord's plan is for you. I mean, he puts us in situations that aren't always easy. And we have to believe that that we're strong enough to, to overcome those things. Mm-hmm. And we do give. Mm-hmm. So in all of our, our classes, we do give them proclamations. Um, because a lot of times the ladies will come in and and maybe they didn't know that there were verses specifically they could speak against things that are coming at them. And so one of the classes, we actually have a proclamation sheet that we give them. So they're speaking life words so that what they're saying in their brain is connecting. You know, I will live and not die and declare the works of the Lord. Like they're they're professing um, positive things. And, and we've seen, because I think the hardest thing, Alan, that um, a lot of, places don't do that we do like we literally are there with them for as long as they want and so that also means for a lot it's their end here on the earth before they meet the lord and a lot of organizations don't stay with people that long it's like let's get you better you're great good Mm -hmm. see ya but we know that's not life other things are going to come in these people's path and they need to be able to rely on someone else that's going to say hey it's okay you got hit again all right, let's get you some tools to help you lift yourself up. Like you're saying, positive speaking, speak the word and get you back up again because the next storm is just around the corner. Yes. And how do you face that? And that's really important. I like that. In fact, um, it's really funny because I have such a, a thing. I have a soapbox. <laughs> <laughs> and, and my soapbox is about 
people, um, churches and groups and parachurches that go out and decide they're going to win somebody to Jesus. And so they pray the prayer. Then they say, okay, thank you. Goodbye. Good luck. And we go on to somebody else. Yeah. It's like goodbye. And I like it to to stay with somebody because I believe Mm -hmm. we need to stay with people to disciple them and bring them into the family and and all nurture them. Uh, My ministry is interesting. I had a person on my program Oh, a year ago or so, his name is uh, Ken Freeman, and he's an evangelist. And he goes out and he speaks all over the country. In fact, he speaks in other countries. And he's the guy that wins you to Jesus. And so in the middle of the program, he mm. says, you know, I, I kind of bring them to Jesus. Then I kind of hand them over to you because I'm <laughs> the one that teaches them and into the word and so forth. So it's interesting because my calling is, is not to bring in new people, but in to educate the people that have come in. So I really like that, that you continue with the, um, because I think that people, they get fearful no matter what. Oh my goodness. Always. Everything. I mean, and that's the hardest part because you've got to remember every six months they're going to the oncologist. So if there's an ache, if there's a pain, they send them for a scan. So they're reliving these diagnoses until the oncologist says, okay, it's five years or it's 10 years. It's good. Thank you so much. I'll see you later. But up until then, it's it's not so it's not a quick cut the cancer out. It's over. It doesn't work like that. It's waiting and waiting and trusting and waiting. And then if the re-diagnosis comes, okay, now what? If the stage four diagnosis comes, then what? And that's the thing. I mean, we literally have sat at the bedside of our friends and watched them pass and have had to minister in capacities we never thought we could ever. <laughs> Well, yeah, and and now I was, and my wife watches the news a lot, and there are times I might sit down and look at it every so often. I happen to be watching this segment on breast cancer, Mm. believe it or not. And this woman was saying that what's really hard with mammograms now is that it, uh, the breast is made up of protein and fat. Is that correct? Yeah. And protein shows up. It, there, it's ma- and when it becomes uh, a mass, mm-hmm. you know, like a very, what do you call it, hard. Um, mm-hmm. Like calcification. Yeah, when it's yes. hard, it's white. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And tumors show up white. Mm-hmm. So even your mammograms are harder now to, to diagnose or find tumors when you've got a breast that's it's dense. So there's even another problem that, you know, we are facing is that our technology needs to get a little bit better, <laughs> you know, it so is. it's a hard road. I mean, it really is. You guys, I think have taken a hard road because there's a lot to the whole situation. Do I, do I have a it cut out or do I have a mastectomy? Right. I mean, mm-hmm. Those are, that's two hard decisions. Yes, it always is. And then, of course, it's lumpectomy, radiation, chemo. I, I mean, some women have to do all of it. So yeah. there's not some some roads just you don't have a choice. Have a choice. Yeah. yeah. So, well, I really, I really commend you on your on your ministry. I really do. And um, the fact that the person who uh, recommended you to <laughs> me, Duke, Duke um, I love Duke. I've known Duke years ago. Um, and uh, we're—I help organize uh, a Christian business um, chamber of commerce, mm-hmm. you know, twenty years ago, 
And uh, when he when he came on the board, he was wanting change for ministry. Let's go. Yeah, and and, and you know, I I like yeah, this guy is right on. I would tell my wife because she was on the board. Yeah, I was like, you know, Duke is really good. Yeah, I really liked Duke. He she liked Duke, but the people on the board were just so well, you know. <laughs> and so finally, he says, you know what, you guys, you know, and I agreed with him. It's like it was frustrating. That's why I left the board and I would attend, but it was. Just, really hard but i love duke i think he's great he's great he's great so so let's talk about fear yeah let's talk about fear wow yeah um there's one thing i want to say uh before we really get into scriptures and talking about it and it's this i I read this quote then i want to respond to it Mm -hmm. and unfortunately the quote didn't have a um have a person's name to Mm -hmm. it 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 was on a, a website it was not Facebook. It was on a website that was that taught different things. And I saw this. It says this. Fear is a natural response to challenges for the unknown. It's an emotion that serves a valuable purpose. Uh, think fight or flight response, for example. Uh, but it can quickly become unhealthy when it paralyzes us or propels us into frantic behavior. Mm-hmm. That's a really amazing quote, and too bad there wasn't a name put to this. But I believe this. I believe that God created a multitude of emotions, if not all of our emotions. But he created them in a healthy way, in a a holy way, if you will, in the beginning, until the fall, and then we've had chaos in our emotions. And I believe that there's healthy fear, and I believe that there's unhealthy fear. And we're going to talk about both. So I just wanted to use that as a preface. <laughs> <You're> like, Here <laughs> we go. And talk about fear. So uh, this is your topic. This is your thing. Talk to me. Talk to our audience about what is what. What do you want to tell everybody about fear and mm-hmm. how to yeah. and how to overcome it? I, we obviously don't have the answers. <laughs> um, however, I think because fear. Um, it's, it's the first, like, especially like whatever it is, like in our situation, the, the, the words when you hear you have breast cancer, immediately it's like this gri- thing just grips you. And no matter how strong your faith is, it just grips your heart. And you, then you're dealing with, what did they just say? Like mm-hmm. your, your brain is trying to catch up with the words that were just spoken to you and spoken over you. And I mean... How many? We're like over 400 women, I think now that have come through the classes, and it literally is probably one of our biggest topic weeks. We literally deal with fear majority of the time because it's fear in everything. It's not just the cancer. It's what now? Am I going to die? Who's going to take care of my kids? How am I going to take care of my job? And we actually had a, a sheet that we hand out a big sheet in the center and red letters. It says fear, not red letters. And then all the Bible verses that go along with that. And then we actually print out a sheet with those same exact verses that they can go look it up themselves and every single one of them. And what is God showing them in that verse? Because scripture, right, is where we get the answers. We don't have the answers, but it's a huge issue. COVID, fear, fear, fear. Fear has just been all around people right now. And sadly, because of the COVID crisis, 
a lot of our friends didn't get diagnosed as soon as, as they would because they weren't able to get into the doctor. So now we're seeing a bunch of diagnoses coming through, more people coming to the classes because they were diagnosed at a later time because they weren't able to get to the doctor. Mm. I mean, it's just a snowball effect. So when I was praying about the topic, I know that, you know, many of you out there are dealing with so many things outside of cancer that's even in your in your world or your life and really just um, wanting to encourage you to... Um, just pause in the crazy and really seek what he has to say in the word because fear, fear, as you guys know, comes in all forms mm -hmm. and the mind is the first place that it hits. And then you're hearing the enemy whispering to you, these negative words and these negative thoughts. And our job is to stop and speak against that. You know, first Timothy, God did not give me a spirit of fear of power and of love and of a sound mind. And if you can just grab two or three verses that you can remember and you're just saying them over and over again to get your heart back to a place of peace because you want to be a peaceful place. And Jess and I know it's always coming at you. It's not like you're like Alan, like you arrive and fear never shows up again. <laughs> no, that's not true. The yeah. enemy loves to come at you. All, all the time. Yeah. All the time. Yeah. All the time. You know, and there's, you know, in looking up in dealing with fear, when you gave me your topic, I, I went to uh, my Bible program and I put in fear. And, and there was, I don't know, it was like. There's so many. So many areas. Yes. So many times it talks about fear. Old Testament, New Testament combined. It was just amazing how much and how many times. It talks about fear, mm -hmm. uh, uh, fear not, as well as yes. fear the Lord. I mean, right. You yes. have all this stuff about fear, and, and and it's about juggling it. One, there's a scripture that I thought was really cool because there's. Do you remember when they had this thing a few several years ago about um, oh, um, the prayer, uh, Jabez, the Jabez prayer? Yes. And so there was there was a big push about pray for your abundance, pray for you, you know to add more to your land and enlarge the territory. Mm -hmm. Yes. Exactly. However, I decided to go because I didn't make that didn't make sense to me, and I didn't think that was correct. So I went to read the scripture, and what I read was he was righteous, and because he was righteous, this is why he's, he God gave him the territory. And I, and I thought about that. I go, well, then it's not about just praying for more territory, praying for expanding your territory. It's about living righteous and in your righteousness, asking and getting it. It was like Hezekiah, King Hezekiah. Isaiah said, to him, hey, get your house ready. You're going to die at the end of the week. And so he went to the Lord and said, hey, God, you know, I've been, I've been righteous. I've lived right. I've, I've done all these things for you and I've lived for you. I says, please don't let me die. And God let him live there 13 more years. But it was because of his righteousness. And there's a scripture in 1 Peter uh, chapter 5, verses 6 and 7. I'm going to read it. Therefore, humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God that he may exalt you in due time. Casting all of your care upon him, for he cares for you. And I think that we need to have this foundation, I, I believe, first and foremost, 
before we can expect that God is going to jump, give us all this non-fear stuff and, and deliver us. What do you think? Well, I mean, I think, I mean, honestly, God doesn't always put us in situations that are easy. So, right. you know, I mean, fear is fear, however you look at it, you know, and it can steal your joy and it can steal your peace. Um, it's just, you know, knowing how to navigate that and knowing that you have to just trust that what, you know, you're called to do and what, you you know, like us, I mean, we don't always like being in, in, in ministry. We don't always like doing what we do because unfortunately people die, you know, and it breaks our heart. And, oh, yeah. but it's, it, you know, people always ask us, how do you do, do this? It? How do you do this? Don't you ever time. just want to run away from cancer right. for a little bit? <laughs> we're like, we're yes, like, yes, absolutely. Yes, we do. Yeah. If we could run, <laughs> we would, but that's not what we're called to do. Yeah. And, you know, we, we know, and, and God wouldn't put us in the situation if he didn't feel like Jenny and I were strong enough to do this. And, you know, it's yeah. like, we love what we do, regardless the good or the bad, we take it all. And, you know, it's not easy, but, you know, it is, it is what we were called to do. So, yeah. Well, I think that, um, I mean, uh, and you, you, the, the passage in Timothy is something I have. It's, it's amazing. And I, I quote that to people lots of times who run with fear. And, and I'm thinking, what is your, what are your reasons for fearing? And I'm looking, thinking there really aren't any substantial or, or rational reasons. So Timothy comes right along and it's perfect. You know, however, there are th- times when there is a rational reason to fear. Mm-hmm. So where do you go? Well, that's where you go back to what I, the prayer I say, like the sur- mm-hmm. prayer serenity mm-hmm. and so forth. And, and we latch on to him. And I think that's where I think it's important. I mean, there's so many fear nots and they're mm-hmm. not even, we think about that when Jesus says, well, Isaiah said it too, or God said it in Isaiah, fear not for I am with you. Be not dismayed. Mm-hmm. You know, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. And you seem to know these scriptures. Yes, well. we, t- we teach them. Yeah, I mean, this that's is the scriptures we teach. That's that was it, and that's a big one. I, you know, I think the heart of all of this really comes down to when those attacks come, because the, I always tell people. If you're going somewhere that's telling you that you're going to have your life together and it's all going to be great and nothing's going to hit you, then you're in the wrong place because it's not true. It's it's really just a matter of time when the next hit is going to come. And as believers, it really is so critical that we are able to strengthen ourselves in the Lord as David did and find those tools to get ourselves up because there are many times, I mean, some of these deaths hit us harder than others. Mm-hmm. And there are many times that I just know is like, I just shut down. Like I, I just can't go to one more funeral. I just can't look at one more of my friends as children and tell them that, you know, it's going to be okay. When I, myself, I'm like, I, we stood together. We, 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 we believed in faith. We stood on the word. We professed it. Like, you know, you're going through all these things. And at the end of the day, back to what you said, mm-hmm. you relinquish all control and say, it doesn't matter, God, it's in your hands, but you've asked me to believe, you've asked me to stand in agreement, you've asked me to pray, and your will will be done. But I'm going to have faith with my friend, and I'm going to believe with my friend, because ultimately, their life is in your hands, and you gave them to us for just a little while, like our kids, yeah. to profess and believe with them. You know, I have a, a really close friend, his name is Manny Diot, 
and he is the founder and CEO of a ministry called the Ferrari Kid. Oh, yes. yeah. Yes. So yes. Dad, familiar Dad, with Dad's our friend does love that organization. Yes. Okay. So, and he deals with cancer kids. And, yeah. And the same thing. And, and every so often he gets, he sends a note this, we yeah. lost somebody, we lost, you know. And however, he is a coach, a speaker for mm-hmm. positive living and positive living, you know, thinking. And I think. And I know him personally, I mean, really well. He's had over 50 ca- uh, surgeries because he lives through pain every day That's himself. Me. And um, so there are some days he's like, I want to quit. <laughs> right. You know? Yeah. I'm done. Yeah. Really. <laughs> he said there's not a day he goes by and he's not in pain. And yet here he is. And he's, you see him, he's in a positive attitude. And he's, but he's working with these families and helping them with cancer. And, um, He's a really neat guy to be around, especially uh, when you're dealing with fear and with hurt and loss. Mm-hmm. You know, one of the things I think that uh, uh, in fear, why people fear is probably because of the fear of loss. What's going to happen? Oh, mm-hmm. You know, yeah. what's going to happen to me? I mean, I have as a Bible teacher now, I've taught Bible in, in uh, Christian high schools for several years. And uh, both high school and like junior high or middle. And I had uh, this girl come up to me one time. She was the principal's daughter. <laughs> and she came up and said, I'm afraid. I said, What are you afraid of? I'm afraid if I die, I'll go to hell. Mm-hmm. Well, why would you be afraid of that? I mean, you're, you're, Jesus is your Lord and Savior. He says, Yeah, I know. I prayed and all that. But, you know, I know I do things that are really not biblical and not honoring to him. So I don't know. So, so it's interesting. People want to live their own way. And then something happens, they're afraid. Well, hello, guess what? Mm-hmm. You know, we need to get that back on track, you yeah. know? And I think that, um, that fear, I think is, is, uh, important because I think when you face it, you know, if you face it with Jesus, I think the fear is easy to subside. You know, it may not subside all the time, but I think it's it's one of these things that that um, I don't know. I like Psalms. Yeah. I like Psalms because David, um, as it says in the scripture, God said he's a man after his own heart, mm-hmm. and David wrote his feelings. And you can see. So raw. Oh, I yes. know. It's You're amazing. Like, ah. You know, I fear this. I fear that. I'm afraid of this. You know, this is going to come and stop me. But God is my strength and salvation and will overcome. So it's like he shows his fear, but then he shows, you know what? Screw that. Exactly. You know, God is, God is my strength and salvation. I'm sure I'm not supposed to say those things. But, you know, but that really, that's, yeah. that. You, I like David. And I think that if I were to tell somebody where to read in scripture, it will probably be in Psalms, you know, to, to be consistent reading in there because you find a lot there about, you know, fear not, or I was afraid if he, he came through, or I won't be afraid because God is my strength. And I think that that's a place to be. Mm-hmm. It really is a place to be. Um, Cause sometimes you read these other scriptures like in Isaiah, you're going to get lost. 
and then you pop out the one scripture you want them to read, yeah. and they just read through it because they're already they're already zoned out. Yeah. You know? yeah. But I think in Psalms, mm -hmm. it, it just is really cool. I mean, there's things in, in Proverbs. In Proverbs 19, it says, "Fear the Lord." Mm -hmm. uh, the fear of the Lord leads to life, mm -hmm. and whoever has it rests satisfied. He will not be visited by harm. Mm -hmm. So this is now Solomon writing. But he says, you know, the fear of the Lord is good. So we're talking about not necessarily being afraid. Right. We're talking about respect and honor and awe. Mm -hmm. You know, it was like when I was a kid, you know, I was, I feared my dad and I was afraid of my dad. Okay. <laughs> but there's two different things. And I, I, I can understand the differences. And I think as believers, we need to understand the differences of being afraid yeah. and fearing God. So. And only that father piece too. I think you know a lot of the ladies will come through, and you know they may not have had the best um, relationship with their earthly father or an example of a father, and really get them to see. It's why we, we, we uh, play the father's love letter for them, is to get them to, as you were saying, it's the it's the reverence piece of God as the father, and that healthy example of like he's not going to he loves you and he wants you to surrender all to him. And what does that look like? And to have that example, because if they didn't have that example, it's very hard for them to trust, period, let alone you want me to trust in a God and trust him as a father and trust him as my Lord. You know, it's like, yeah, you do. And when they are reconciled and they have that healthy um, outlook of what that looks like, that really is a healing that we see take place, that they he does love me. He isn't going to leave me. Okay, I do see because we have them draw their life. It's like, do you see when you went through all these things, you didn't know that he was there, but look, he was. And when yeah. you went through this hardship, he was there. there there's another scripture, and I want to get to what you just mm -hmm. said, but I want to read the scripture and kind of tie it together. Mm -hmm. Psalms 112, 6 through 8. And it says this, Surely the righteous will never be shaken. Mm -hmm. I like that. <laughs> I really like that. Be sifted. Yeah. And, and you know, I can I can testify to that um, because there are times when I wasn't living a righteous life and, and my life was shaken and I was shaken. And there are times when things happened to me when I was living right, when I wasn't shaken at all. And it's really, I can testify to the fact there is a difference. Mm -hmm. So anyway, let me go on. Yeah. They will be remembered forever. They will have no fear of bad news. Mm -hmm. Their hearts are steadfast, trusting in the Lord. Mm -hmm. Their hearts are secure. They will have no fear. In the end, they will look in triumph on their enemies. Yep. Again, I, I think that David is amazing. I, I just, uh, I love him. He's one of my favorite characters. He's not my favorite, but one of them. One of them. And, and it's, uh, it's, it's so cool. I think when, when bad things happen, where do we stand? Where are we standing? It's Where like standing it's like when people say, I, "I pray something in Jesus' name." Okay, do you get it? Are you living in Jesus' name? Mm -hmm. You know, and if they're not, okay, well, there you have the problem. We want to say the words and not live the life. And I think fear is the same way how it affects us if we're just saying the words or if we're living the life. Mm -hmm. What do you think? I mean, sometimes it takes something like cancer, like a life-threatening disease to actually make you realize, you know, 
gosh, you know, what was I doing before cancer? Was I, you know, was I living the word? Was I, you know, was I preaching? I mean, really? And, and that's, that's kind of like a come to home Jesus moment when you literally say, oh my gosh, you know, I, I need to step up my game here. You know, I really need to, you know, focus on, um, you know, the Lord and, and all that he's doing in my life because we live day by day. You know, a lot of us just get up, we go to work, we get dressed and, and we don't think about how we're actually, uh, you know, affecting the community and, and just, mm-hmm. you know, reaching out to other people and, and seeing if they're, you know, in need, you know, people reach out to us all the time or, you know, are we in yeah. need, but you know, are you reaching out to others? Are you being the hands and feet of Jesus? You know, it's like, for, for me, it was like, really, you know, what was I doing, you know, before cancer? Yeah. You know, you really think about that. And I think that, you know, because there's a very personal, there are very personal things that affect us Mm -hmm. that are very part of me. And they're very impersonal things that still affect people. Mm -hmm. For example, 9-11. Okay. Mm -hmm. In 9-11, I I got up uh, and went into the living room and the news was on. And the first plane just crashed into the building and i'm like oh that's weird i'm watching it and i'm watching the second i'm watching the second plane Mm -hmm. go in and the news people are saying oh they don't know if it's just been an accident or if there's a problem i watched that plane that's on purpose and i (laughs) knew it was on purpose and and it but it didn't affect me i feel like you know well obviously we've got some people problems then we get a phone call uh from susan's sister uh, she's in Hawaii and she's crying. Oh, the world is going to end. We're all going to die. And, yeah. and it affected her. The fear level was like at a 10, yeah. you know, and I'm like, I couldn't, I couldn't get that. But I'm thinking afterwards, there must have, a lot of people must have felt and thought that, mm-hmm. you know, I lived in California in 71 when the big earthquake happened. And uh, we had about hundred people in our church and, you know, the Sunday after the earthquake, we had 300. Because of the fear, like the oh, world is ending, you know, Jesus is coming. I mean, all you know, oh, the tribulation is, and you know, all this fear happened. And so, you know, and then several years after, well, they stopped going to church, you know, because the fear factor is gone. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it's gone. That's it's okay. Good. Yeah. So that fear is a real issue, even when it's not hitting us personally. Mm-hmm. And yet, you know, so what? Where are we? What do we do? I mean, there's an. I know the answer to that. It's we need to be in Jesus. Yeah. We really need to have him as our stronghold, as our as our Lord. Mm-hmm. So did you have you had a scripture because you had your finger on it? No, it's okay. It, I, you already mentioned it, so <laughs> you already said it. So I'm like, yep, I heard, that was one of my ones I wanted to share too. But yeah, you know, I think, um, I just think the heart of um, two things. You know, I, I think about coming out of COVID and, and all that that brought upon the world, right? And all the fear that's been driven and, and pushed and just trying to suffocate us, right? But there were still God's people out there, as in any situation, trying to speak against the fear piece and discerning fact from fear. And like you were saying, we noticed as well um, we had to navigate that too with the survivors because obviously they're you know immunocompromised. We couldn't do our classes in person, so we had to get very creative. Like, 
okay, this assault is coming. The need is still there. They still have cancer, whether COVID's here or not. We've got to find a way to love on them and getting the, the team on board to go, okay, we can't do this, but we can do this. We yeah. can Zoom them. We can stop by and drop off stuff at their house. I might not have to touch them, but we can still do things to let them know that we care. And so I think that's with anything with fear. It's, I may not be able to do what I did before, but what can I do? What tools can God give me that I can find a way through that to still minister and love people yeah. despite that? Yeah, I think it's, it's huge. Um, and I think that uh, there, there are too many times when stuff like that happens, like with COVID. And I was... And I get on Facebook quite a bit. I, I don't. I don't post hardly at all. I just kind of scroll, scroll. through it. Yeah, <laughs> that's probably a good thing. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, it's a lot of stupidity. I know. Just and, you're just like I can't. Oh do this. yeah, can't do that. Yeah. <laughs> so, but I, I'll I'll stop every so often to read something, you know, or you know, and I like to read more funny things or watch funny videos yeah. than anything. But um, I lost my track of thinking. <laughs> I'm probably on drugs. Alice, <laughs> Alice okay. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm taking this Lyrica for my shoulder. I'm thinking, I'm going to go there looping, you know, and, you know, and a little crazy, but you know, sometimes, but. Um, we call so, that chemo brain. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so, so the tools. So there yes. were people in Facebook that were writing because the churches were closed down, they could not worship anymore. Yeah. And I was watching, and, and I started like, watching ministers say this and other people wow. say this. And I got so angry at that. And I actually dedicated a program for that. Did you? It did. Because mm-hmm. it was it was about, you know, worship is not about going to a right. church yeah, service building. and yeah. singing and hearing a mm-hmm. service and leaving. It's about your your giving yourself to God. And there's ways you can communicate with people like Zoom. I mean, I had a Zoom page for my class. I had 30 some odd people on there. I had mm-hmm. people from Eastern Europe on my Zoom page, mm-hmm. you know, when I had it every week. Yeah. So there are ways, and I felt that was still a way to connect. It was still a way to worship together. It was still mm-hmm. a way to have fellowship. And these people who were blinded by the fact that, oh, they couldn't go to the building. I'm like, get over mm-hmm. it, you know? But I think that... I'm wondering how how much we blind ourselves or are we really seeking God? Or are we just going to church and saying, I feel so good mm-hmm. and that's it. And, and, and even pastors, even pastors were doing this and I, and I was frustrated. And I'd write them, shame on you. <laughs> right. you know, really? Mm-hmm. Um, but we have to have a way that we can utilize tools mm-hmm. that we don't, necessarily use every day right when there's things situations come up and you're so right you know what do we do we need to we can't do one thing let's find something else exactly yeah i mean that's how people invent things that's how we have the light bulb easily we could have said okay this is a sign we're done yeah god doesn't want to see this anymore quit close the doors it's over yeah but that's not what he wanted it's like you said what are the tools well it's like you know i couldn't go to moldova I go to Moldova. I try to go every year, mm-hmm. and I and I minister there. I um, I have a lot of people from Moldova. Hello, mm-hmm. and, um, <laughs> and um, and I, I teach at a, a seminary. I, I do seminars. I I, te- I preach at churches. I teach at schools and churches and so forth. But I couldn't go because 
Moldova wouldn't let you go over there at all. Then they would let you go over there if you had the vaccine. Mm-hmm. Well, I didn't have the vaccine, or I really didn't want to get the vaccine. And there was all kinds of reasons for that. And and then finally, they let you go if you had the vaccine. Well, I've believed and, and felt that, well, God has called me to Moldova. So I got the vaccine so that I can go to, to go. Moldova. Yeah. And so I did it. I went there, and it was amazing. It was wonderful. God and so I took the tool that I normally mm-hmm. wouldn't do mm-hmm. so that I can minister, knowing that God is there and God is, is, is protecting me and using me. Absolutely. I think that's so important. And yeah. so important. What God has called you is God has called you this mm-hmm. ministry and, and develop and build this ministry. Mm-hmm. He doesn't want to shut it down just because there's something in the world no, out there. Right. No. Yeah. Well, thank you for joining me today. I, I hope you really enjoyed this uh, video. Um, do look into Overcomers, Daughters of the King of Kings. Uh, I think that uh, this is a very worthwhile program. And uh, look on our YouTube, click on the, the links, or go to my website and click on the links. Uh, even if you just write them an email, say you're praying for them, yeah, that's, that's all you can do. Our prayers. You know, uh, I believe you guys have a newsletter. We do. They have a newsletter. Mm-hmm. You can get the newsletter. If you want to support this group, it just seems like a totally worthwhile ministry to support. Anyway, thank you so much for joining us and everybody have a wonderful day. Aloha. Alan Cutting and the Believer's Journey radio program seeks to teach the Word of God in a clear and practical manner. For more information, please visit the podcast page at am630theword.com. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.